I'm a female. Several years ago, I was about 19 and studying in college. During exam period, I would always go to the public library and the city center to study. They would have special places for students to study. This particular day, I had went there with a classmate. It was the weekend, and I finished studying about 2 p.m. I asked my classmate if she would mind if I left. She said no, so I packed up my stuff and left the library. As I walked out of the library, I walked straight into the city center. As I left, I felt something brush up against me. Considering that I had just walked out of a quiet library into a crowded street, I brushed it off. I proceeded to walk through city center to get to my bus stop. After about five minutes of walking, I couldn't shake off the feeling that something was way too close to me. So I grabbed my phone, held it up, and looked against the screen to see if someone was behind me. And that's when I saw a man, about 40, walking behind me with his eyes set on me. I felt uncomfortable because he was giving me the weird vibes. He just looked off. He was walking with a limp while staring right at me. He was wearing a scarf with a suit jacket, really old track pants, and old gym shoes. I didn't think he was homeless or a junkie, but he was just weird. But to be safe, I put my phone in my bag and put my bag over my other shoulder, away from him. That's when he walked up to me and started walking next to me. At this point, I had been walking for about 10 minutes through busy streets. He kept his eyes on me and was walking close to me, as if him and I were walking together. Once I almost made it to my bus stop, I saw my bus drive off. I didn't want to wait for another bus at that bus stop and have this man wait with me or know which bus I was taking. I decided to continue walking down to Central Station, which was about 8 minutes away. As I crossed the street, I noticed the man kept walking and didn't cross the street. I felt relieved and pulled out my phone to text my mom that some weirdo had been following me for about 15 minutes at that point. Not even a minute later, this man comes running out of the alleyway right in front of me. I almost tripped when I saw him, and he kept walking in front of me. Every 10 seconds, literally, I counted, he would abruptly turn his head and look back at me. I had even made a small Snapchat video of it. At this point, I was so nervous, but I was almost at the central station, so I just kept going. That's when he stopped, turned around, and started talking to me. I saw you at the library, he said. I didn't respond. We were together at the library, he repeated. Again, I ignored him. He didn't get the hint and kept talking. Hey, where are you going? Are you going to Central Station? I'm going there. I take the 312 bus. Which bus are you taking? At that point, I had enough. There were people walking by and nobody said anything. So I just ran to the Central Station and got on my bus. I sat behind the bus driver just in case the creep decided to run after me. I saw him looking around before getting on his bus. Once I was on the bus, I finally had a moment to think of what happened and realized that this man had been sitting there at the library watching me for hours and watching me leave and went after me. I remember feeling uneasy the whole time, but I ignored the feeling, thinking it was just my nerves before the exams that were coming up. This experience really made me uncomfortable because I had been coming to this library to study for years. Even in high school, I would study there till 9 p.m. and leave by myself in the dark. I could only imagine what would have happened if I met him then. So psycho library stalker, let's not meet again. I'm a 27-year-old female. 
I graduated from high school about 10 years ago. In my freshman year of high school, I was known to have a lot of friends. I was very friendly, and every time I saw someone alone, I would greet them and offer them my friendship. Sometime during the year in my math class, we had a new guy. We'll call him Jose. Jose had recently moved to the U.S. from Mexico, and he hardly knew any English. Me being Hispanic, I was able to speak to him in Spanish and make him feel welcomed. Jose had no friends and always sat by himself. In math class, I started helping Jose a lot. He sat behind me and he would always play with my hair. I sort of felt like he had a crush on me and he was not bad looking, so I didn't look at it as a big deal. For a few months, two or three, he played with my hair. It became a norm. Towards the end of those months, he said that he wanted to play a game and asked me to write the things I love most in my life. He would do the same and we could both share the papers. Of course, I wrote down my family, God, friends, and a whole bunch of other things. When I gave him back the list, he wanted specific names and he said he would do the same. I ended up writing my friends and family's names. One day, we were just hanging out in class and Jose said, Can I show you something? But you can't tell anyone, or else you're going to pay for it. I was so confused and thought maybe he was going to ask me out. Jose pulled out a Ziploc bag, and I couldn't really tell what was in the bag. It wasn't until he placed it on the table that I noticed it was a Ziploc bag full of hair. My hair. Jose pulled up his sleeve to show me his arms. He had about ten heels from knife scars, lines that he made with a blade that went down his arm. There was a fresh knife wound, and he grabbed my hairs and placed them on top of the freshly opened wound from the night before and said, You are mine now. I know who you love, what you love. If you don't do as I say, you will pay for everything, anything and everything that happens from now on. Think of me. My heart sank. He started smirking. I ran out of class crying. I ran to the office. Everyone was so confused. I asked to speak to the counselor immediately. I explained to her what had happened. Jose was pulled out of class, taken to the principal's office, and was expelled that day. I feared for my life. They found all these notes of other people in his backpack. Mine was there as well. They saw the scars and found my hair. I never heard of Jose again. I've had some pretty fucked up shit happen in my life after that, and I always think of Jose. I haven't talked about this in years, and I'm afraid that if I mention this, he will hear me, and bad is to follow. After that, I got so close to God, closer than ever. Until this day, I don't know if Jose was just messing with me, but I will tell you that after that encounter, I am no longer that super friendly and open-hearted person I once was. Back in high school, I went on an overnight trip for my art class. Before we had left for the trip, the teachers had assigned us our rooms with three other people to share with in a hotel that we were staying at. I lucked out and only had to share it with one other girl, who I didn't know very well. Let's call her Anna. Anna was the type of girl who never really talked in class, but when she did, it was always a weird comment under her breath. She always came to school wearing the same thing, a Mighty Little Pony shirt and pajama pants. To be honest, I've never really seen her in any other outfit. Anyways, on the day of the trip, when we first checked into our hotel, before going out to dinner, we hung out in our room for a while. 
I tried to make a bit of a friendly conversation with her, but she didn't seem to respond much. But I did hear her talking to herself for a few minutes after our initial conversation. I couldn't make out what she was saying though. Later that day, I was in a group with Anna and two other students from my class. After visiting the first art installation, we headed our way to the next one. As we were walking down the sidewalk having a casual conversation, Anna turns to me and says, If you get ran over by a car right now, I would laugh my head off. And then all went silent. I had no idea how to respond to this, so I just brushed it off with a laugh, as if it never happened. A few hours had passed and we had stopped because one of the students in our group had saw a friend that he knew and decided to talk with them. As Anna and I waited on the side as they talked, she seemed really angry. She was pacing and sighing intentionally loud as if she was in a rush or something. She looked at me with a creepiest glare and said, I wish I could just throw myself off this balcony. Maybe then we would get somewhere and continued to pace around. At this point, I was very uncomfortable about being around her, so I tried to stick near the others for the rest of the time we spent out. Nearing the end of our trip, the two other students in the group decided to branch off and go to another exhibit while Anna and I met back at the hotel. We both got back on the bus and I sat near the back and she followed me. I was hoping to have a little bit of space, but she decided to sit right next to me. A few minutes passed and I noticed she looked at me for a good while without saying anything until she suddenly whispered to me, I really need to tell you a secret, but I want to wait until we get back to our room. At this point, I nodded and scooted away from her a little, towards the next seat, dreading when we got back to the hotel. When we got into our room, I headed straight to the bathroom to avoid talking to her, but she stopped me at the door, putting her arms out so I couldn't pass her. I want to tell you what I was going to say on the bus, she whispered to me. I felt a bad feeling in my stomach and awaited her next line. She leaned in closer and said, Well, when we were on the bus, I wanted to tell you that my nipples were tingling a lot. It wouldn't stop, and it's still happening now. After she said that, I pushed past her into the bathroom and locked the door behind me. I was super freaked out and disturbed by her, so I hid in there for 30 minutes until she went to sleep. When I went to bed, I put a wall of pillows so she couldn't see me, and to be honest, I was up for a while shaking and wanting to leave the room. The next day when it was time to go home, I avoided her as much as possible. And thank God, I never really saw much of her after that. Okay, so buckle up because this is going to get weird. This isn't something unknown amongst my friends and the people local to me as I live in quite a small town. So, in ninth grade, I would have had to been around 13 or 14. I had no friends. I was, and still am kind of weird, and it threw people off. Making friends in high school was difficult for me, because I refused to change who I am just to fit in. During the second week of school, I met George in my English class. Our teacher had sat us together, so we began talking and building a friendship. George was very nice, and we had a lot in common. He had came from a different elementary school, it was odd because the people from his elementary commonly went to a different high school, although he insisted that he wanted to go to this high school because there were certain classes he wanted to take that the other school didn't offer. After about a week of talking together during English, he asked if I wanted to eat lunch with him. We had the same lunch period, and he said how he noticed how often I sat alone. 
I thought it was a nice gesture, so I agreed. We ended up having lunch together for a while, but then I started making some new friends. I always invited him to eat lunch with a few of the friends I had made, but he always declined. Then one day in English class, he passed me a note. This was very strange since we were sitting right next to each other. The note said something like, I need to talk to you. Can we please sit alone together for lunch? I wrote back that I would sit with him, and we hardly spoke for the rest of the period. I got a really strange vibe from him. So at lunchtime, I see him sitting at the end of the row. Our cafeteria consisted of a large harvest tables and benches. It was not separate chairs and tables like you see in restaurants, but rather a long, long table with benches on either side. I go to sit down and he says, No, let's go outside to talk. So I agree. He looked generally upset and I wanted to know what was going on. When we got outside, he led me over to sit on the curb in front of the school and started talking very aggressively. He told me that it was unfair of me to make other friends when he was the one who befriended me first. He told me I had to eat lunch with him because when I was alone, he ate lunch with me. So now that he was alone, I was obligated to eat with him. It was a very bizarre conversation. I explained that he could sit with me and my friends and that there wouldn't be any issues and that he could make some new friends. I told him I had enough friendship to spread around and that he had nothing to be upset about. What he said next completely shocked me. I could see the anger in his eyes. He grabbed my arm and said, I don't think you understand. You owe me this. You will sit with me. I got completely freaked out at that point and told him we could sit alone together every other day. I just wanted to get away from him and go back inside where more people were around. After that day, I started getting weird messages to my email. I never forgot the first email I was sent. It said, All women are Satan. The devil lives in you all. I didn't recognize the address and assumed it was just an internet troll trying to scare me. Then they started coming more frequently, all with the same message. Women are the devil. Satan lives in all women. I started getting scared, so I showed my friends these emails. They agreed it was weird, but also agreed that it was probably a random person trying to scare people. But my one friend Stacy told me that she thought it was George. She told me that she heard stories about why he came to our school instead of the high school that his 8th grade graduating class was going to. She told me that he was so obsessed with one of the girls in the class that her mom actually got a restraining order against him over that summer. I told her it sounded insane and I didn't believe it. I was still having lunch with George on alternate days and we were still friendly during English class, but I really wanted to distance myself from him. After Christmas break, our schedules changed for the second semester. I was honestly very happy about this because I knew I'd have a different lunch period than George and we wouldn't have English together anymore. I could slowly disassociate myself from him, but I was wrong. He started leaving me notes in my locker, confessing his undying love and explaining that we were meant to take the world over together, which at the time I thought was a very nice thing for him to say, but the feelings were not mutual. Eventually, I had to tell him that enough was enough. I explained that he was overwhelming me and that I needed a little space for my friendship. He seemed to understand. He didn't get upset or yell. He just agreed to give me space, which lasted about two days before the emails started getting worse. 
He started threatening my life, telling me that he knew where I lived and went to school. I went straight to my mom when this started happening. I know I should have done it sooner. My mom called the police and the police informed the school. The school was able to look up the emails and the records and found out that it was George sending the nasty emails all along. George was suspended and wouldn't even look at me anymore. I was honestly relieved. One year later, after we graduated high school, George and his mother went for a drive. While she was driving, he stabbed her over a hundred times. He had a psychotic break. When police found him, he tried saying it was a car accident, but when they questioned him about the stab wounds, he admitted to killing her and trying to release the devil from his mother's soul. He pled insanity over the murder of his mother. He was eventually found not criminally responsible for her murder. So lately, I've been talking to my friend about stuff, and we've been realizing how weird our school was. One story I have is perfect for the subreddit. So, I was in my first or second year of high school. Our school was mainly populated by kids from tough backgrounds, poverty, homelessness, neglect of parents. So, about once a quarter, our school would do something called potlatch where teachers and students could essentially donate things that any of the students could grab and take home, be it clothes, bedding, books, little knickknacks, whatever. What you need to know for this story, though, is how everyone got super hyped for the potlatch and would fill the main hall to see what there was, even if they weren't planning on taking anything. Our school also liked to invite representatives from different companies and organizations to hand out different flyers for whatever they worked for, since a lot of kids were looking for opportunities to make money to either support themselves or their families. During one potlatch, this one guy, he was super nice, was handing out flyers for a gig that was too good to be true. The thing is, as I know now, something that's too good to be true usually is. Basically, they said they get to fly out to Seattle to live in the apartment that they owned, rent-free, and all you had to do was be a door-to-door salesman for them. And they would pay you like $15 an hour. Some of you reading this probably already noticed the red flags. But we were dumb teenagers. And like the school invited them. We figured that the school wouldn't bring in something sketchy like that. I had just quit my job. And so this offer seemed awesome for the summer or something. However, almost immediately in the next period. We got an announcement basically telling us to throw away any flyers. And not to, under any circumstances, call them. For those who didn't notice the red flags earlier, these guys were using common sex trafficking tactics. Basically, they offer a job that seems amazing, and if you bite, instead of sending you where they said they were, they would kidnap you and sell you. After doing minimal research, I found that the company that they were fronting was already a known sex trafficking front, and our school just invited them into the space with gullible teenagers. When I was 8 years old, I would walk a half a mile to school every day. Several times on my walk, a man would approach me and tell me how much God loved me and would ask me about taking Jesus into my heart. The guy gave me the creeps, but I was always polite since he was a grown-up. One day, he asked me for a hug, and that was it for me. I ran home and told my mom about the guy. Needless to say, I was driven to school after that. 
A few months later, a girl at my school was molested by that guy. He was a minister at her church. I went to a Catholic school in the 2000s and we had this gym teacher named Coach Ricky. Now thinking back on everything, there were some giant red flags with this guy. But as a kid, you don't notice these things. First red flag, he would keep the boys and girls separated. All the other gym teachers never did that. Second red flag, he would pay more attention to the girls and practically ignore the guys. He would also get very angry if he saw one of the girls talking to one of the boys and that was the only time he would ever actually acknowledge the boys. He would also be adamant that the girls had to be exercising. Meanwhile, the boys could just sit around doing literally nothing. But if one of the girls was to sit down, even for a second, he would get really angry. I remember when I was diagnosed with a heart murmur, and the doctor told me I couldn't exercise because of it. And when I told him that, he seemed irrationally irritated that I couldn't exercise anymore. So we left for Thanksgiving break and come back and the guy is just gone and when you would ask about him, they would act like they didn't know who you were talking about. So I asked my favorite teacher about it and she finally told me what happened. He apparently got caught watching the girls undress in the changing room and there was a rumor that he had tons of videos on it on his phone. My teacher didn't even know the whole story because my school kept it from the teachers and they didn't know whether or not the police were called because you never saw anything in the newspaper. I live in a small town, so that would have definitely been a scandal. To this day, I kind of wonder if he ever got anything of me. It makes my skin crawl thinking about it. I hope that bastard is in jail for what he did. So my sister, who was 14 at the time, was walking home from our local primary school with her German Shepherd. She starts noticing a black car doing laps, but assumes it's just a parent. She then, after a while, notices a man getting out of the car and getting into a white SUV and driving up the road closest to the side of the oval where she was. My sister starts getting a little creeped out, but walked around the other side and didn't think much of it, still thinking it's a parent. Maybe about 15 minutes of the cars doing laps, she realizes that the two cars are parked on the two easiest streets to leave. My sister didn't bring her phone with her, and at this point, she was crying because there's two older men following her around to school, and she can't contact anyone. She luckily finds a teacher and manages to contact my parents, who come to pick her up. As soon as my parents get there, the two cars take off speeding in opposite directions before any number plates could be recorded. I hate to think what could have happened if she didn't have her dog with her and didn't notice. When I was in high school, a friend of mine would walk to my house in the morning and walk to school with me. After school, we would wait for each other to finish our after school activities and then walk home together. One day in our sophomore year, he had to get home as soon as he could because he had to babysit his sister. My house was only a few blocks away, so I told him no problem. It was the first time he didn't walk with me all the way to my house. I noticed an SUV while him and I were saying goodbye because they slowed down while driving. My first thought was to go to his house until his mom got home. I shook off the feeling and decided that he slowed down because we were next to a park. 
I walked down the road by myself, and the SUV drove by again, slowing down a lot. I bolted down a dirt road into a place with construction workers building a house. The SUV turned around and began slowly driving on the dirt road. The construction worker closest to me could have passed off as my dad. I told him what was up and he took me inside the house. He took out a notebook and jotted down the license plate number as the man slowly drove by, staring into the house. The construction worker walked me home after a half hour or so and he called the police to report it. Never told my mom, only ever told my friend about it. He didn't let me walk the rest of the way home alone again for the rest of our walking days. I never brush off my gut feelings anymore. I was about 8 years old and at the exit of my school, all the kids wait for their parents. I was waiting for my babysitter who would always pick me up about 5.30pm. I was a bit confused as my babysitter wasn't there. She was never late. But I did not panic, just kept patiently waiting. Suddenly, a woman in her 40s, long curly brown hair, with a disturbing smile expression, came up from a group of parents and said to me, Your mother sent me to pick you up. She clearly saw my confused face and thought I was an easy catch. I had never seen her in my life, and if such thing happened that she was picking me up, my mother would have let me know. All those thoughts passed through an 8 year old's head in a few seconds. I responded, moving my head to the side in denial. She never stopped staring at me with that psycho expression and repeated the same thing. This time, slightly approaching me, ready to take my arm. Looking over her shoulder and other parents in the entrance, I noticed a black van parked, which I'd never seen before. I was always well aware of the cars that parked there, because once I saw a Lambo, and we were all waiting to see it again. At that age, I already realized that her tensions were not good, and that the situation was way too strange. I didn't move an inch and said, no, again in a calm voice. The woman knew that she wouldn't be successful in her try. She knew that she couldn't take me by force because of all the other parents, and some teachers were around. She didn't say another word. She took her eyes off of me, and just stood there, looking for another child. A few minutes later, my babysitter arrived, and I told her, She was very surprised and pissed, but she didn't alert the school. At the time, I just thought about going home, but now, 16 years later, I think we should have told the school. I was aware of kids being kidnapped in my neighborhood, so I knew this could happen. I will never forget how that woman looked, and I hope that nothing ever happened to any of the kids at that school.